Hello. Hello. Welcome back to the spooky season spectacular horror slasher amazing bloody disgusting finale of our October spooky season movie reviews. Yeah, that's a pretty good way to sum up this month. (laughs) (laughs) And what did we watch for this week, Nisreen? We watched Alien. Alien. One of the greatest movies of all time. The birth of the sci-fi horror genre. I did not know... I did not know that it was, like, such a big thing until you were explaining it to me last night. Really? Yeah, I'd ne- well, yeah. Like, a big thing, like, you mean, like, in terms of, like, the universe that it is? Yeah, well, that, and I, I didn't know there were six alien movies total. Yeah, yeah. Alien, alien is, like, consistently profitable. It's a very big, popular, close-to-our-hearts franchise. Mm-hmm. It's close to my heart. I love Alien. I've been watching Alien like my whole life, and it's like my favorite thing. I can tell. When I was an L child, and I was way too young to be watching this movie, my dad would let me watch Alien. I feel like you watched a lot of things that you were probably too young to watch. Yeah, my first memory of that is watching RoboCop. That is not a movie for children. No, it's not. There's mad F words in RoboCop, and RoboCop is the most horrifically violent movie, like, in, in the universe. Yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. It is, yeah. I don't know why my dad, my dad thought that was a good idea, and my mom straight up, like, she came at him while we were watching it. Oh, no. And she was like, go to your room, and then she was like, why are you letting him watch that? Oh, and he was just Second, like thought- he was just laying on the couch like yo he wanted to watch RoboCop. <laughs> For a second, I thought you meant she sent your your dad to his room. No, which that wouldn't make sense. But no. I mean, I don't know. No, she sent no. me. She was like, leave the room. They're like swearing and everything, and like RoboCop, and like I'm just sitting there, just watching. This police officer get like blown apart like with a bazillion gunshots. I'm like six. Fun stuff. He's like, mm, yeah. This probably was a, a a fatal miscalculation. A small one. We also watch like Charles Bronson Death Wish movies a lot. Those movies are crazy violent too. And there's like rape in those movies. This is my dad. My dad's whole. My dad is a bad judge of what I was. What I should have been watching as a child. Uh, just, just a little bit. He just wanted me to watch all the stuff that he wanted to watch. <laughs> so he was like, "Let me show That's you what came out when I was a kid." <laughs> what? That's what dads do, though. They're just like, oh, you know what? This is cool. Here, I'm going to show it to you, yeah, even they, though you and can't understand it. Yeah, they just expose you to things you're not ready for. <laughs> yep. But anyway, Alien. Alien came out in 1979. And is like, well, let's go over the recap, and then we'll talk about more specifics about the movie. This, this was directed by your boy, right? My boy, Ridley Scott, 
who I love so much. Man, if Ridley Scott's directing a movie, like, I'm there. Like, 100%. Have you ever seen the movie All the Money in the World? Yes, I love that movie. Yeah, that, oh, bro. When I when I was hyped for that movie when Kevin Spacey was still in that movie. Oh, that's right. And then they had to reshoot all the scenes with Christopher Plummer, who was actually Ridley Scott's first choice for that role. And then the studio made him pick Kevin Spacey. Why? Because they wanted Kevin Spacey in the movie. Oh. It was probably to, like, sell more tickets because he's a bigger name than Christopher Plummer is. I, I guess that's something they would do, yeah. But then the Kevin Spacey thing happened. <laughs> yeah, like, you know what? This isn't the right way to sell tickets. And then he, yo, Christopher Plummer is literally a hero because he had to come in and, like, reshoot all his scenes, like, in, like, a matter of, like, a couple weeks. He did really good. Yeah, for considering, like, he wasn't even in the movie for most of it. I know. And then, and then it was all of a sudden on, like, short notice. And then he got Oscar nominated for that performance, I'm pretty sure. Oh, really? Yeah. So imagine that, coming in, doing two, two weeks of work and then getting an Oscar nomination. That'd be insane. Yeah. But, yeah, so Alien follows the crew on the Nostromo, and they get a distress signal, right? Mm-hmm. On a planet, and they go to the planet, and they investigate and they come back to the ship with a dangerous, horrible, murderous, alien, vicious creature, which they are unsure about. And now they're all trapped in a battle for their lives on the ship Nostromo. Pretty intense. And that's basically what the movie's plot is. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. In a nutshell. It's just a contained horror movie in El Space. Which is horrifying, because there is nowhere to go. You know what's amazing? The uh, the tagline for this movie when it was when it came out? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, like, the trailers, they had, like, the, the... You know, in older trailers, it was, like, the guy who would announce stuff and say stuff? Like, in a world, or, like... Oh, my... Oh, my gosh... Yes. So this is like the only one of the only trailers where that was like effective. And it and and in the trailer he goes in space. No one can hear you scream. <laughs> You're just like Oh, that's that's where that comes from? Yeah. Oh, okay. I you know, I've always heard people using that line and I didn't know it was from this movie. Yep, that's 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 the, that was the alien tagline. On all the posters, in the trailers, in space, no one can hear you scream. Which is like the most horrifying thing ever (laughs) to hear. Yes. (laughs) But yeah, so this movie comes out, and it's 1979, which this was like, this was, okay, you need to understand, like, in the place of, like, movie history... This was, like, the year that capped off the greatest decade of movies ever. Mm-hmm. Like, ever, Nisreen. Ever. Ever. Ever, okay? We wow. had two Godfather movies, The Conversation, um, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Jaws, Taxi Driver, like, 
all in this one year. I mean, all in this 10-year period. Okay, I see. It was like, it was crazy. It was like all the best movies came out in this decade. The 70s is like, so for like France, France had a film movement called French New Wave, where movies started being more about like normal people's lives and it contributed to some of the greatest French movies like of all time. And um, the the directors who came up in the 70s, like Francis Ford Coppola and Martin Scorsese and Steven Spielberg and, oh, oh, and Star Wars was this decade too. And, um, and George Lucas, they all came from, well, a lot of them. George Lucas was more... In, um, influenced by westerns and samurai films but the rest of those directors like the french new wave like that was like the that was like created this like renaissance in american cinema we had like the french connection there was so much cool stuff coming out at this time it was freaking nuts it was awesome i love 70s movies like so much and um alien was like the last great horror movie of that decade the first great horror movie of that decade being The Exorcist in 1973. And then, uh, yeah. This movie is awesome. So, we'll go over... So, what did you, like, like about this movie? Because this is also your first time watching this movie. I feel like you're going to say that so many times in this podcast. This is the third time you've said that. This is your first time watching this movie. Like, I've already said it three times. Yeah. Oh, wow. Because Get Out, Us, and now Alien. Like, I just haven't watched anything. Oh, shoot. This whole podcast is almost like just introduce Nasreen to new movies and then introduce Eduardo to books that are going to take him, like, months to read. Basically, it's like, let's get the, let's finally get this girl a film education because she has nothing right now. Yeah, you don't have nothing. You're, like, pretty decent at, like, figuring out what, Knowing what's a good movie and what's a bad... Like, you're good at that. Like, you you have, like, good film criticism eyes. Considering you haven't, like, watched that much, because usually that comes with, like, just hours and days of watching movies. But you're, like, really good at knowing a good movie and a bad movie. Like, like not saying, like, as good as... Not... Okay, I'm going to say... As good as me, but I'm not saying that in, like, I'm some authoritative voice on movies. But, like, you know what I mean? You have way more experience with movies than I do, so, obviously. I think I I just have knowledge of movies. But, like, knowing what a good movie is is, like, can come in the absence of that knowledge. But you have, like, super good taste. So. I think think that just comes from, like, reading way too many books because then it's like you it, you still learn how to pick up on a good story or not exactly so, so that probably helps for sure but yeah so what what was it like watching this movie for like the first time for you um i really liked it yeah like i had a really fun time watching it like i enjoyed it a lot it was very like it's 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 definitely a movie that captures your attention because, and you just get stuck watching it. You're like, "What's gonna happen next? What's gonna happen next?" Like they keep the suspense going, and it's not even in like a, "Okay, they're building the suspense, but I already know how this is gonna turn out." Kind of way. It's like you're invested to see what happens with these people. 
Yes, hold on a second. I'm trying to shut this window. This is the pitfalls of doing this podcast. And there's construction. Ah. Sorry, folks. This is the type of ghetto that we're doing this podcast in. Oh, my gosh. Anyway. Oh. Yeah, that was one of the things. I think part of the reason why this movie is so, like, entertaining and, like, easy to keep you close and, like, attentive in it is because, like, it's such a simple plot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's a simple plot, but it's also, like, a very extravagant, like, looking movie. So it's like, oh, look at all this future technology. This is crazy. And then it's like, let's trap them in the ship, and then the alien is chasing them. That's it. And then you're like, oh, my goodness gracious. Exactly. And then every time they think they figured it out or they stopped it or they got away, it's like, nope, surprise. Yes. And this movie also has one of the coolest. What I like about this movie Two is that it takes like half the movie for you to realize who the hero of the movie is. That's that's true. Because you're just watching people get picked off one by one, and you're not necessarily sure who's gonna live. Yeah, I you know I feel like if you hadn't told me beforehand about it, I wouldn't have known on my own. Yeah, it's just it's kind of like the reveal that Ripley ends up being the hero of the story. Mm-hmm which is really cool because Sigourney Weaver is freaking awesome. Dude, I love Ripley so much. She's she's one of your favorite heroes now? Yes, she's amazing. (laughs) Welcome to the club. No, because she's so smart. Like, she's so clever in every situation that she gets herself into. She knows how to handle herself. She stays pretty cool under pressure for the most part yeah and it literally does not take any sort of crap from anyone on that ship no she's a savage like she literally yells at the dude to shut up because he's not listening to her and being logical and i'm just like i i aspire to be like that one day (laughs) you know you wait till you see aliens she gets even cooler in that movie in some parts there's parts in that movie that'll like surprise you, and you're like, "Dang, you go, Ripley." <laughs> also, all- she comes huh? back. What'd you say? So she comes back. Yeah. Oh, okay. She's cool. in. She's in the next three Alien movies. Two of which you don't need to watch because they're awful, but which is precisely why I don't own them because they're also like low key not canon. <laughs> So that, that's the one time your completionist streak didn't kick in? No. Yeah, I have no desire to own Alien 3 or Alien Resurrection. Ah, okay. You know what's crazy about... Here's some Alien trivia for you for, for uh, a movie that we're actually going to do later in the podcast and a movie that we both watched. The director of Gone Girl and Fight Club, David Fincher, mm-hmm. his first movie was Alien 3. Really? Yes. Interesting. And he hates that movie so much he doesn't consider it his own movie. He thought it was that bad? It was awful. (laughs) It's so awful that Dark Horse is releasing a comic series based on the original script for Alien 3. What what happened to the original script? Why, Why wasn't that used? So a lot of stuff happened that went through like rewrites and 
there was a lot of studio interference during the making of that movie. Mm-hmm. And because of it, they like the studio, essentially 20th Century Fox's executives that were coming in and the producers that were like, they were basically taking the people who made the movie, like the director and the writer, and forcing them to do things that like weren't really serving the story and were just bad decisions. And because of that, the movie was awful. So David Fincher, part of the reason why he doesn't consider that as movies, too, is because he, he's like, the studio made that movie. I didn't make that movie. Because that's, they, that's... They, they handicapped him and, like, forced him to do a lot of stuff in it he didn't want. Right, like, they were calling the shots. Exactly. That makes sense. He also worked on, I think, some of the special effects for Stars Empire Strikes Back. Oh. Don't quote me on that, but I know he worked at ILM which is Industrial Light and Magic, which did all the special effects for Star Wars and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure it worked on a Star Wars movie. But anyway, Alien 3 was his first film that he, like, made, made. Yeah. And then disowned entirely. <laughs> which is hilarious. I mean, it's, it's, like, a, no. it's because of that that he, like, he's never really made, like, a big studio movie because of that. He doesn't join franchises. He doesn't do anything because he was so burned by that experience. He's like, I never want to work with these type of people ever again. I mean, that kind of makes sense. Like, what's the point in being someone who creates and you can't even do it yourself? Everyone else is making the decisions for you. Yeah, and in his contract, he has, like, essentially, like, full creative control. Like... Smart. Yeah, he's like... If you want this movie made, I get to control everything about this movie. Like, you can't, you can't stop me from doing that. That's the way to go. He also, like, forces them on budgets, too. There's a story about, um, I was listening to a podcast. This is real quick tangent before we, before we head back to Alien. But there's, mm-hmm. like, a story about, um, I think it was for the social network. And he'll, like, go to, he'll go to the studio and he goes, okay, so this, mo- this movie's going to cost... $44 million. And they're like, great, we'll give you 39 And he goes, this movie will cost $44 million. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, 40 This movie will cost $44 million. Like, he doesn't care. Like, he will do until he gets what he wants. Like, he knows. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, so that's it. That's a little David Fincher trivia for everybody. Interesting stuff. Yes. Anyway, back to Alien. So, what would, huh? what would you? What? 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 <laughs> what, would you, what would you rate this movie? This movie. This is a ten out of ten movie for me. All day, every day. I love this movie. It's a perfect movie, in my opinion. Yeah, I guess I guess I can get on board with the ten out of ten. It was pretty good. It was pretty great. Like, there's nothing in it that doesn't need to be there. It's got yeah. like a pretty perfect main character. It's got perfect pacing. This movie is not. There's no point where this movie drags. It's just all building suspense. That's true. There was no like unnecessary scene in it. It was all. It, it just it all fit. Exactly, and there's no like. You're not like, oh my god, when is this gonna end? When will they shut up? Please let the alien right. kill these people. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're boring. No. I like, you described this movie to me last night as a, it's so gross, but it's so cool all at the same time. 
It is, because there are some scenes where it's just, like, it's so disgusting, but the concept is so cool that it's, like, it's still enjoyable. Like the chestburster scene. Yes. That thing, you want to, here's trivia about that scene. Ridley Scott didn't tell them what was going to happen. <laughs> like any of the actors, or? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he just... All they knew is they were supposed to, like, sit there and look at him, and they were like, something's going to happen, and they didn't know what. And then that thing burst out of their chest, so all the reactions are genuine. They're like, fear and horror is, like, literal fear and horror. (laughs) I mean, that's a pretty great way to get some genuine reactions. Yeah, exactly. And that scene is super gross. (laughs) It is, like, ugh. If you look at the uh, the alien was designed um, by H.R. Uh, Geiger. He's like a mm-hmm. German artist, and his art is all like weird, like that. It's like weird and like sensual, but like kind of depraved and strange, and like you're not and disturbing, but like you're not sure what exactly it is. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get you. Like, when you look at the alien, there's, like, a lot of feelings that come from it. Like, there's weird, like, psychosexual things in there, and then there's, like, it's a disturbing thing, and it's, like, pretty horrific. But it's awful light. Also, like, super beautiful when you look at it. And, like, how nicely it's designed and how everything fits together. It's not like, like, you can tell a lot of time and effort went into making that design. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, when you watch the rest of, like, the franchise, you'll see, like, how even more and more heavily they, like, lean into, like, his art style and stuff like that for stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, in the Alien Covenant poster, it's almost like a piece of Renaissance art made out of his, um, made out of his design for the Alien. It's, like, insane. Um, that sounds awesome. Yeah, I'll have to send you a picture of the poster that they released for that. It was like, it was like when I saw that poster, I was like so hyped up that I was like, I'm, I'm here for whatever this movie wants to give me now, because that is like <laughs> insanity that I'm looking at right now. Yeah. What was your, yeah. f- huh? I was to say yeah. You'll have to send me the picture. Yes. What's your like favorite scene in this movie? Hmm. Favorite scene. I almost want to say the ending just because of how she handles that. She blows him out of the ship. Yeah. And then she has to go to sleep in the ship. And then just hope to be rescued. It's so sad. I didn't find it sad. I found it, I don't know, I was happy at the end. You were cathartic? You You had a sense of catharsis from it? Well, no, because... When she escaped in the ship and it blew up and she was just kind of in the ship, I was like, there's too much time left in this movie for something else not to happen. So I thought that when the alien showed... I thought the alien was going to be in the cat, actually. (laughs) Which, like, doesn't make sense, I know. But I don't know. I thought that it was going to be in the cat because there was a scene where the alien was alone with the cat. Ah, uh, 
like did it somehow go inside like I don't know I was trying to figure it out and then when it showed up I was like man she's gonna die what? <laughs> oh okay or when she got into the suit I was like what is she gonna is she just gonna like leave the ship in the suit is this what she's like my brain was trying to figure out what was gonna happen and then she did that and I was like you're so smart she's awesome like yeah Ripley is a hero for the ages in terms of the movies. Yes. I, I love her so much. And I just love Sigourney Weaver, too, which, like, helps. Yeah. I have a thing for, like, redhead movie heroes, let me tell you. Because also, <laughs> in Thelma and Louise, Susan Sarandon in Thelma Louise is my hero, like, nine times out of ten during the week. Like, I freaking love that movie so much and her in it really yeah oh my god that's also directed by Ridley Scott Thelma and Louise is like one of the best road trip movies getaway movies on the lamb movies and just female buddy movies ever sounds pretty cool it's awesome that's one we'll have to do at some point or at least one we'll have to like watch because yeah. man that movie's I love that movie so much. That's also like, there's also a young, hot Brad Pitt in that movie. In one of his first performances. So. Even though Brad Pitt is considerably hotter now than he's ever been. I have not, I don't know what Brad Pitt looks like right now. We, he was in One Spot Time in Hollywood. I meant like right now as in like October. He looks just like that. Just like okay. with a beard. <laughs> Look at Brad Pitt. He's hotter than ever before. He's aged like fine wine. I feel like Brad Pitt, no matter what time period I see him in, he's just, he's always hot. He's hes incredibly attractive. Like, there's never been a time where I've seen Brad Pitt and, like, he's not just insanely gorgeous. I'm like, how? I know, right? It's weird. He's like... He's, I don't even think he's ever done a movie role where he's been, like, ugly. No, I don't think so. I'm trying to think, and I've seen I've seen quite a bit of Brad Pitt movies, and there's not one where you're like, dang, Brad Pitt does not look good. He doesn't have his, like, Tom Cruise, Les Grossman role. Where mm-hmm. I don't You've probably never seen Tropic Thunder, but in Tropic Thunder, Tom Cruise plays a, a bald, fat movie producer. Named Les Grossman. Interesting. Who is incredibly vulgar and ridiculously hilarious and demeaning to the people around him. And it's like the funniest Tom Cruise role ever. This is another we should probably watch and talk about. Yes. Oh, my God. That movie's hilarious. I know who I am. I'm a dude playing a dude disguised as another dude. Your boy, Robert Downey Jr. is in that movie. Yes, I know. You've told me about yeah. this. Yeah. Oh, he was Oscar nominated for that performance, which still blows my mind to this day. <laughs> got Oscar nominated for playing an Australian actor who got skin pigmentation surgery so he could play an African-American sergeant in a Vietnam War movie. Right. Insanity. Weren't, weren't we on the bus at one point and some dude like heard you talking about the movie? Yes. <laughs> He quoted it to you, and you were so freaking confused. I was like, I I was just like, it's one of those moments where, and I knew what he was talking about, too. 
But it was also like some dude came to me on the bus and I was like, like, I'm on the city bus. Like, yo, like my guard is up 100%. So like I see that and I automatically calculated him as a threat. And I was like, okay. I know. This dude is trying to fight me on the bus right now. (laughs) And I'm not prepared for a fight. (laughs) You're always prepared for a fight. No, I'm not. (laughs) Yes, you are. Okay, maybe a little, but it was horrifying. No, but then when you realized what he was doing, you almost, like, jumped up and ran off the bus to, like, you looked like you wanted to go after him and be like, I know what you meant. I know, because I was just like, oh, man, a true, another, another one. <laughs> we, I got, there's <laughs> another one, just like me. Uh-huh. But, yeah, but anyway, back to Alien. We totally just, your favorite scene. Oh, you already told me the ending. I like that shot of her in the... She has, like, the flamethrower, right? Yeah. Of her with the flamethrower walking down the corridor slowly with the light, like, spinning around and just the, just the like, um, the alarm going off. Mm-hmm. That is, like, one of my favorite shots of all time. I love that, like, to death. Every time I say I'm like, oh, that is just so cool and so, like... Just awesome. And I do like that chestburster scene a lot. Just because it's like, that room is so white and nice and pristine. And then it's like blood everywhere. And it's like... Yeah. (laughs) And everybody's freaking out. And it's just like awesome like body horror. It is. Yes. I love that. Obviously, favorite character, Ripley. Mm -hmm. There's no way it's not. She's just too good in this movie. Literally. What is like, huh? Were you gonna say? I was gonna say. I was gonna talk about another scene. Yes, 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 yes. Um. Okay. So the scene where the scientist is revealed to be a robot. Oh yeah. That was such a crazy scene. There's. I I I talked to you about yesterday. We had a brief conversation, where I talked to you about how Blade Runner and Alien are in the same universe, Mm -hmm. and how robots have a very like distinct role in both of these franchises. But right. robots are kind of a secondary role in Alien. They're like a primary role in um the Blade Runner movies, but also in the Alien prequels, the robots are more prominent. So when you watch those, you'll kind of see why in these movies it's just kind of like, oh, wow, that's a robot. And, like, they really don't pay any mind to him. <laughs> yeah, they were a little... Not... They were a little underwhelmed. Yeah, because... Yeah, and by that time... Because what year does Alien take place? I don't even remember. I don't remember either. Whatever year that takes place, they've been living with, like, humanoid robots for, like... Decades by then. Okay, so that that makes sense as to why they weren't like, oh my gosh, how did they do that? It was just like, man, I can't believe they sent us a robot. Yeah, exactly. It was it was it was like that. So yeah. So when you watch Blade Runner, when in Blade Runner you're like, oh, this is what robots are like on Earth. That's crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then they use them for space exploration because they also need like people to like wake them up. Out of the ships and stuff like that. Huh? 
And that's true, yeah. Yeah. So, what did you feel like about, like, the visual style of this movie? Like, you mean, like, how it was shot, or... Yeah, and the set design and all that type of stuff. I thought it was... I thought it was really well done. I thought... It kind of it kind of reminded me of um, like all the ship interior design kind of reminded me of two thousand one Space Odyssey. Ooh, good reference. It was kind of cool. Yes, that is the sci-fi movie of sci-fi movies for the listeners out there who don't know. <laughs> that is like the only movie. It is because of that movie that we have everything that we have now. Yeah. Yes. I I I I like it, but I don't like it as much as I like Blade Runner's design in terms of how they've done things. Granted, okay, so this is gonna be like sacrilegious and people are gonna hate me for saying this. I like the set designing in like the alien prequels, specifically like Alien Covenant, like more than I like it in Alien. It's sacrilegious because Alien is supposed to be like the sacred lamb of everything. (laughs) Oh, I see. But I think just personally, like I like, I love Alien and I love it. And especially in that, especially the chestburster scene, like that's the scene. And then the scene where Ripley is walking through that hallway, like that is like peak interior design and like shooting and everything. But I think I like this is, like, the one time I'll say this. I like the, like, nice, crisp digitalness of the new movies. Uh-huh. Um, in the Alien franchise, like, it makes that world feel more alive to me when I see it looking so clear. That makes sense. So, I don't know. People are going to hate me for that. They're going to be like, you hate movie shot on film? And I'm going to be like, no, I love film so much. This is like the one time in my life where I'm saying I think the aesthetic works better. The, the hate mail emails are going to come rolling in. I know. Now we're going to get a bazillion emails. <laughs> <laughs> it's just because, I mean, if, if this is supposed to be nice, pristine, beautiful, nice, new technology, right? I feel like to me it just makes it, it like helps the aesthetic more when it's shot on nice, crisp, clean, amazing digital film without like artifacts or anything like that, as opposed to like old 70s film. Right. And there's no grain. It's just like all just nice and crisp, and, and you're just like, whoa. That's like super sharp and stuff. It's the future. Yeah, it just feels as clean as the as as what it is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like in First Man, they employed this technique where, like, when they went all the all the scenes where they weren't in NASA were all shot on sixteen millimeter film, but all the NASA scenes were shot on thirty five millimeter film. So yeah. everything just feels way more crisp when you're there in NASA. And then when you're on the moon, it's IMAX, and then you're like, whoa, this is way different than anything we've seen in the entire movie. So, Oh, wow. Yeah. That movie's insane. But anyway. <laughs> um, are you looking forward to seeing any of the other ones? Hopefully. 
no, I am. I'm really curious now. I want to I want to watch more and understand how this whole universe works. Yeah, this is something this is something that's also hotly co- debated with alien fans. They're kind of like low-key divided about all these other movies, the prequel movies more, not necessarily aliens. Because mm-hmm. aliens everybody loves. That was another that movie is actually directed by James Cameron, who directed Terminator and Terminator 2. And, um, but in terms of like Prometheus, which a lot of people are like split on, I think it's a masterpiece. I think the movie's awesome. And then Alien Covenant, which is another movie that people are like, they either like, they like it or they think it's a disaster or they're like, meh, it was okay. So a lot of people are kind of upset that they kind of like show how the alien, the origin of the alien in the prequels. They're upset about it? Yeah, because part of what makes... Okay, so this is something that works sometimes and doesn't work other times, which is when you have something... Because the alien just comes out of nowhere. That's true. You're just like, what is that? Why does that exist? That's just out there, right? Mm-hmm. And it's scary. And I still think it holds up in its scariness, even though I know how that was created, Right? With yeah. the background, because I watched the other movies and I was like, oh, shoot, that's freaking insane, right? It's almost a little more scary to me that the people who have to deal with it in the Alien and Aliens movies don't know where it came from. Because I know where it came from, and knowing where it came from is a, is a scary story <laughs> that, uh, that they're not aware of, which makes me, like, even more scared for them. But, um... But so part of the reason why that movie, why the alien is so scary is because it's like an unknown just entity that's just out there. There's no explanation for it. It is just a, it's almost like a force that is just hell bent on death, right? Uh Uh-huh. But for me, it worked. A case where it doesn't work is like, say, with the Conjuring movies, The Nun, right? In The Conjuring 2, there was a character that was just a demon nun, and it was freaking scary. Right. And you were like, what is that? And they never explain it, ever, in that movie. It is just this thing that is out there torturing um, Vera Farmiga's character. And you do not understand why. And that's scary, to, like, not know why something is coming after you. That's horrifying. Yeah. But when they made the movie The Nun... They like single-handedly ruined the nun by making by giving it an overcomplicated origin story and explaining how it came to be, and it became silly. So I think the difference is in the alien movies, they did it right because the story of the creation of the alien is just as horrifying as the alien itself. Yeah. Whereas in the nun, it was like stupid. <laughs> yeah, I, I can see how that would end up being frustrating. Yes. Yo, you know who's in the Alien prequels? Michael Fassbender. That's right. I remember I remember that now. Him? Who else is in those movies? I think Kate Mara is in that movie. Um, Numi Rapace is in that movie. Is in Prometheus. Um, that guy from Upgrade. Idris Elba. Charlize Theron. Damien mm-hmm. Bashir, there's a lot of stars in the in the Alien prequels. 
there's a lot of like lower level stars in those movies where you're like, oh, that person. Huh. Yeah. What is like, what do you think happens to Ripley post Alien? I'm not sure. I, I'm hoping that she makes it back. I'm hoping that no other thing decides to jump on the ship. Because, <laughs> like, she's asleep. She can't do anything about it. Exactly, yeah. She's just in the escape pod. She's just like, I'm going to make myself super vulnerable for six weeks and hope that I make it back and hope that they hear my signal. And I'm like, okay, I hope so. That movie, that ending for Alien is just like, it's really cool in a way because it is kind of like, like it is the ultimate, they didn't do the cop out, they got rescued at the end or like just some ship just randomly coincidentally shows up and is able to rescue her or something like that. Right? It's not like she's in there and then it's like, oh, my distress signal was heard like randomly, like right after this event happens. It exactly. Re- it really is like, you know what? I beat this thing, but I'm still stranded out here in space and that's a whole nother problem that I cannot solve. So I'm right. just going to have to deal with that. And I appreciate that. I appreciate not giving it a happy wrapped up ending like it like it could very well be tempted to be. I feel like that kind of goes along with the whole the whole story because, I mean, they were sent out there to find the alien by their own company who they trusted, and the company was willing to let them all die just to get the species. So I don't know if I would even really want to call for help from <laughs> them. Because I'm like, you, you, you are just going to let all of us get infected. We're expendable. Exactly. Exactly. There's so, a... Huh? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> there's a there's a video game called Alien Isolation mm-hmm. where you play Ripley's daughter. And you basically play the events of Alien like in first person. You're walking around the ship and Alien is chasing you and you're trying to survive. Sounds like a cool game. It is cool but it's mad scary. <laughs> Oh, no, I'm sure. I would watch videos of it, and I would be jumping because it's it's horrifying. And apparently it's really hard. <laughs> and there's a whole, there's a, like, a there's like extra, so you know, like, in video games, you can, like, buy extra, They sometimes they do, like, extra story stuff that they'll release that you can, like, buy and add to your game? Yeah. Yeah. So there was a DLC called Crew Expendable, where it was like an extra thing as the crew of the original Alien. Ooh. Yeah, which is really cool. Part of the reason why I want to play that game really badly because I would love to like experience that whole thing. That sounds like a really cool game. Yeah, it's fun. There's not really any good Alien games anymore, except for that game that's like the best one. <laughs> Uh-huh. They're, they're, they're kind of, like, all pretty hit and miss. And then there was the alien... Oh, shoot! I didn't even tell you that alien and predator in the same universe, too. I mean, I kind of figured. Well, okay. It's not necessarily in the same universe. It's, like, there's, like, a almost a branch. There's, like, a second universe where they, where they do meet. Okay. So there's a second universe where the events of the alien prequels don't happen 
and the alien is pre-existing um, everything. And then Blade Runner doesn't happen either. Mm-hmm. So there's a there's a universe where where in present times both the alien and the predator meet and end up on Earth. Oh. Yes. Hmm. So it's like a it's like a whole nother thing. Like the lore for that universe is completely different than the lore for the alien Blade Runner universe. So it's like oh. an alternate dimension in a sense. Oh, that's cool. It, it it's interesting. The movies are bad, but it is <laughs> <laughs> Alien versus Predator and Alien versus Predator 2 are terrible movies. So the concept is great, but the content is not great. No, and that's such a cool thing because they kind of like wrap it up with like ancient like um, civilizations and stuff like that. And like they kind of like connect it to stuff in our own early human history as well. Ah. And there's a lot of just very interesting uh, just ideas behind like how are the aliens how'd they get on earth and how is, and the predators here and the predator obviously has visited earth like, like three times in the, in the predator universe. And then there's a, there's a time where, or four times because there also is a time where it abducted people and brought it to a, to a world where it would just hunt people. Sounds horrifying. Yeah. They would, it would, it would abduct the most deadly people the most deadly creatures from whatever world that it visited and drop them inside of just a large hunting ground and they would have to fight to survive. Oh. So there's a movie called Predators, um, which is actually not as bad as people would say it is. Like, it's not great, but it's not, like, super bad. And basically, like, a bunch of special forces people and, like, a deadly prisoners and, like, African warlord guys and, like, Russian Spetsnaz dude, right? Mm-hmm. Dropped, dropped in this world. They just wake up free-falling. Find wow. each other, and they're like, where are we? And they're being hunted by predators. That's, that's horrible. It is, but it's so cool. And, um... It's it's a real it's that movie's that movie's fun. That movie's fun. Watching that movie is a good time. Yeah. So yeah, so there's like really like three worlds. Three like separate universes containing the alien and the predator. There's like the alien blade runner universe, which is like the actual canon real universe. Then there's the Predator universe, which is weird because it's like now it's like, okay, so Predator didn't happen. So the Predator stuff doesn't happen in the Alien universe because that takes place in like modern times. And in Blade Runner, like 2019 is like future future. Okay. So Alien is like a world where like technology advanced very fast. And 2019 is, like, what they thought it was going to be in the 50s. I see. Yes. And then Predator exists in, like, a world like our world, where time and technology are kind of similar Mm -hmm. to where we are. And then there is the alien Predator universe, which is just like our universe with aliens and predators, both introduced on Earth. 
no idea how complex and connected all these movies were. Yes, and it's amazing. It's it's pretty crazy. I'm interested to see what Disney is going to do with the Alien franchise moving forward. Yeah. Because and the and the we've only had one Predator movie since the since like the kind of beginnings of the Disney Fox merger. But that movie was I think already also in the like pipeline while that was going on. Um so it's going to be interesting to see what their plans are for that. I'm pretty sure Ridley Scott is like still involved with the alien stuff cuz he's literally like every time alien stuff happens, he's like main producer and like director. He directed like both the alien prequels. He directed the first alien obviously. The only movies he didn't like really have anything to do with were aliens, Alien 3 and Alien Resurrection. So he knows, like, Alien is better in his hands. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's just wild. I, I really want that to, like, continue. I hope they don't just, like, re like restart entirely. Like, I want more building of that world and not, like, a re redoing of that world. No, that would be sad if they just scrapped all the ideas they've had so far and done something and do something completely different. Yeah, I, I like the only thing they would keep is like Alien and Alien Two. Like, I don't want them to get rid of the two prequels. If anything, I want a redone Alien Three. I want them to do the because they almost did this with Neil Blomkamp, who is the uh, he was the director of District Nine, another amazing sci-fi movie. Um, mm-hmm. He was going to direct an Alien movie. He was attached to direct an Alien movie that was going to replace Alien 3 and restart the uh, the canon post-Aliens. So, but that, like, totally fell through the wayside. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. It's cool, right? Isn't it? How big it this is. is? I w- yeah, there's, there's way more to it than I expected there to be. Yeah. Hopefully, I was like, oh, like a cool action alien movie, and it is, but like, you dig deeper, and there's so much. Yes, and then it's like in the prequel, and like, they're all kind of different types of movies, where like, mm-hmm. the Predator movies are more action movies, and then like, Aliens, Alien is a horror movie, Aliens is an, is an action horror, but then like, Alien and but then like Alien Covenant and Prometheus are like these kind of like existentialist horror films because it's also about like the search for the creation of like not just human life which they do reveal but also like the creators of the creators and like who is what is what are the levels with which evolution has like gone and like how does this stuff happen and like where did life originate Right. Which is so cool when you watch them trying to figure it out. But yeah, science. Huh. Definitely, definitely going to have to watch the rest of them. Yes, please do. I definitely would love to like, we need to like go on the binge. <laughs> right, just have a marathon of this stuff. Yes, I'm about to like rewatch all of these movies. <laughs> I'm looking about that- yeah. In your head. Yeah, I'm about to watch Prometheus through Aliens just to like watch how oh this escalated because now I'm like really excited. Yeah. Oh man. So, 
at the end of the day, we like Alien. Very much. Great way to end spooky season. Yes, I can't believe that spooky season... Well, spooky season for this podcast is after this episode, it'll be over. But I can't believe that there's only a little bit-ish of a week left in October. There's only... There's literally seven days left, including today. Yeah, like... It went by so fast. Didn't it? October flew by. September was so slow, and October was just, I'm here, and now I'm not. I feel like I don't even remember September. I don't remember not one event that happened in September. I'm not going to lie. I literally, I'm like, my memory is so awful. Like, everything is just, like, flying by for me. Like, it's November, and I'm like, oh, my God, it's almost November. I know, it's, it's, oh, oh boy. It's insanity. It's almost the holidays. Well, I guess Halloween's a holiday, so it's, it's, we're in the holiday right now. Yeah, we're in the, like, main holiday season, which starts with Halloween and then ends with um, New Year's. Yeah. Yeah. So, what do the people have to look forward to in the great, awesome, amazing month of November? Um, you mean for our reviews? Yes. I can tell you in one second. (laughs) Next week is Fight Club. Oh, so we're going to be seeing some more hot Brad Pitt. Yes. Well, I mean, we haven't seen hot Brad Pitt yet, but yes, hot Brad Pitt. And also Life in Outer Space. No, next week is Inglorious Bastards. Oh shoot, I'm and wrong. Then it's, and then it's and then it's Fight Club. Okay, next week is Inglorious Bastards, one of the greatest movies to come out in the last twenty years. I'm so excited to finally watch this freaking movie, bro. It's gonna blow your it, mind. I do not know why it's taken me so long to watch this. Like I tried, you, three, four. I don't even know how many years ago. And it just, I never finished it, and I need to finish it. That's awesome. So uh, we have that. We have Life in Outer Space. There's Fight Club. Um, Gone Girl. Gone Girl. That's going to be a cool episode. We're going to compare the book and the movie. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That book is one of my favorite books that I've ever read. Yes. So Gone Girl. Um, We have Gone Girl, Life in Outer Space. We have Inglorious Bastards and Fight Club, right? Yep. So those will all be coming this November. Look out. Oh, and we also have the big short, the very last week. Yes, and the big short, one of the coolest movies. I'm excited to watch that one. Yes, that movie is hilarious and tra- as is hilarious and tragic all at the same time. Yeah. But yeah, so thank you guys for being with us this spooky tober. Um, we've done a lot of we- cool stuff. Yes, we had a lot of fun. Yes, we did. And a lot of sleepless nights of scariness. You know, a couple here and there, maybe. <laughs> For Nisreen, mostly. I never watch scary stuff, so this was a new experience. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so stay with us. couple of critique will continue. Yes. And uh, we love doing this. So, 
can't wait to keep doing this. Yes. So uh, that's it for this episode. And uh, yeah, bye everybody. Thank you.